And right now, we don't see a recession right now. That is not, we're not in a recession right now. Uh, right now, we're in a transition where we, we will, we are. Uh... Republicans seek to take control of the House of Representatives. Republicans are going to retake both the House and Senate. A liberal MSNBC host warning Democrats about the potential for a red wave. Do we have any sort of canary in the coal mine type indications of where we may be headed on that front? Fox News is calling the Virginia governor's race. Republican Glenn Youngkin. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. Welcome on back to the Ruthless Friday program, a very big show. How about that intro, huh? Who the hell was that? That's the press secretary for the White House, and I think it confirms that Joe Biden wasn't the only person who fell on his face to that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is, we don't, right now, we don't see a recession followed by like, jumbled words she has a very very difficult job and far be it from me to criticize a press secretary of the white house but this person can't answer basic questions have you guys seen when like peter Ducey asks her a question she just like falls apart he's like there was a question he asked her uh where do people get extra money for gas <laughs> and it's just like hum, 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 hum. Hum, 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 no idea. oh yeah with the, the the with the notebook and the folders and let yeah. me see if i've got an answer there oh, i don't Something know my up. tab my tabs I got, where's my gas tab got and, nothing and, and for you, you. Know, my takeaway from this is it was such a huge failure saki not to go corporate after this to be like look it's not an easy job <laughs> <laughs> go for a huge signing bonus on that did you see when Don Lemon asked her if Joe Biden had dementia, basically? I, I, <laughs> that's, a, that, that's a tough... In fairness, that's a tough that's question. That's a tough question. That's I mean, boss. are you going to lie to the public? Or are you going to be like, actually, no. Very, I mean, she straight up did lie. I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically her answer was, he has more energy than me. He wears me out. Like, get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I know. Was anybody, any Democratic press secretary is getting roasted on the reg by Don Lemon. You know you got a real issue there. Right. right? A real issue. Uh, We got a bunch of real issues for you today, including a great guest. This is uh, Congressman Bill Huizenga. He's from Michigan's 2nd District. Uh, If you haven't heard of him before, he's a whale of a guy. This guy's got a good sense of humor. He's from a great place, as we learned in his interview. Plus, he brought us some beers. I mean, uh, honestly, I think someone knows the weight of our heart. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, he didn't just bring beers, though. He he. He brought these beers that have a very high ABV. Yeah. So. I'm a little concerned about how the end of this episode is going to sound. Ho- Holmes, Holmes, what's that ABV? So Dragon's Milk is the name of the... <laughs> of, it should be a sign, yeah. right? Dragon's Milk. 17 ABV. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's well, higher than wine. Hello. <laughs> 17. I don't even think you could classify it as a... This is going to be an entertaining episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's it's a local Michigan beer, right? Is yeah. It, is it really? But he also explained that like Bell's, you know, like Bell's Too Hard. Bell's Too Hard is a great beer. But there's like a whole mess of them in his district, which is, is... I didn't know that. I didn't know it was like a mecca of craft breweries in Michigan too. But it is. So, and, so, uh, so I'm going to wait until the interview, but I'm going to start a new shtick when we have a house member. Oh did, god, I'm worried about this. Did did Hibzinga endorse Matthew Foldy yet? Did he, or on that I end? brought up Foldy. Right. I gave him the opportunity. I'm not sure that that. Well, you'll have to listen I'll and see listen. and see. But I, I hope I, he did. He doesn't I strike me. He, he doesn't strike me as a holdout here. All I right. feel like he's All a right. very gettable uh, endorsement. Anyway, he's on the show. You'll have a lot of fun with that. We have next week, guys. Yes, a week. Yes, Minnesota. We have Minnesota. Yeah. Live on the lake. 
very excited. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little nervous about it because honestly, there's people that I haven't heard from since the sixth grade who are requesting tickets to this thing. And like, what do I tell them? It's sold out in three and a half minutes. Yeah. So this is like your old stomping grounds. Yeah. Oh, it literally uh, is my old stomping. It's on the lake where I grew up. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, I mean, we have a sold out audience. We've actually, I don't even know how we're going to deal with it, but it's uh, very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't want to speak for local law enforcement, but if you want to see the show, hey. I will say I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna turn anyone away who just jumps over fences and runs past security. <laughs> as a as a general rule, I've a uh, uh, great reverence for law enforcement. Yeah, uh, in that particular area, mixed record. And and, and it's a lake. And mixed. and one thing we know is Americans are very good at uh, beach landing and taking over. That's like you know, from the beginning, we've got a lot of experience in that. It's gonna it's be on the lake. Biggest live show. Grab we've a done. boat. It is gonna be the biggest live show we've done. We're very excited about it, and uh, I hope. Here's what I hope, because there's so many people coming to this thing, and I'm I'm afraid that like there's really gonna be people that are unable to get in yeah. to this deal. I It's on the lake. I hope there's an armada out front. Same. So, like, it, it, and and we've been discussing the technical issues of trying to make sure... People can hear. In theory, if, if an armada of boats show up, you will be able to hear and see. I, I, you know, yeah. I, I'm just saying. Many people are saying. Many people. We will, we will make sure our staff has... I guess Ashbrook, you'll be responsible. <laughs> <laughs> well, Unbelievable. You know, the, the one thing we really need, the one thing we really, really need are ruthless flags. So here's something to put on Duncan's plate. Oh, my God. Flag. You just throw it at my direction? A, a Dude, unbelievable. Can you get the ruthless well, flag? Well, I'm not doing it now. <laughs> Dude, I will order the ruthless flag today. I would can order it too. I think everybody listening would order it if Duncan would just okay. put it on the internet. We'll get somebody else to do it. Dude, dead, dead serious, I will order like three or four of them. I think we today. just need to get them there because I don't think you can order and order and get them there in time. I think we need no, to there's a way. This is Joe I, Biden's I, America, man. You're, you're, you're trusting the supply chain? Yeah, I'm afraid of that. I think I think Duncan can make it happen. If I anyone think he, can, I think if, he, if he's good at the internet things. Yeah, he just has to want to help the audience. I think They're not even printed yet. We're a week out from this thing. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. <laughs> so good, so good. Also want to thank uh, Katie Pavlich for an incredible Tuesday episode. Yeah. Once again, I mean, that was, I knew it was going to be a blast, but yeah. she was, that was really fun. Yeah. It, fellas? And, and she brought meat of an extinct animal. Yeah, which for we're, us to we'll cook make an and announcement eat. in the near future about our grilling uh, exploits. And I, I think we're going to try to record this and get this out to everybody because like, I don't, it's going to be too good. Not, so so not I Google, show. did you see the animal? No. Yeah. So the, the, it's, an, it's an amazing animal. It, it's like, a, it like a it's, dinosaur. It's kind of no, like a, it's like an antelope. It's like a wildebeest kind yeah, of situation. Like like, like, an, like a wildebeest with antlers. It's got four yeah. legs, and when it lived, it was like in Africa out in did the savannah. Shoot, did she Big shoot horns. this thing? By the way, maybe that would that she would didn't own confirm. if this was like live shot by Pavlich. Yeah. It put it into a literal extinction. <laughs> I got the last one for you here, boys. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> so so there is apparently a cousin of this animal that is in South Africa. My sister texted me, and she was like... No you, kidding. You, she's like, I've had this before, but it was a cousin. And she said that you got to be, you got to watch the cooking. Don't overcook it because it dries out very, very fast. I bet it's like a burger. Uh-huh. Is it delicious? She said she wouldn't know because they overcooked it. Oh, okay. oh, so you need to so do some be serious. Well, that's a good tick. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm going to look out for that. Okay, all right. Okay, we've got some reviews here, fellas. It's been a little bit since we've read some of these. Uh, who wants a crack at this first one? You know what? I'll take this one. Okay. 
This is from The Future New Guards. It is named A Ruthless Love Story. Fellas, I am happy to share that Ruthless was one of the first things my now fiance, congratulations. Yeah, nice. Congrats. And I connected on one year ago when you guys had Tom Emmer on the program. Wow. He's yes. out there in Minnesota, right? Yes. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's meant to be, friend. Uh, my fiance worked for about five years on Capitol Hill. A few of those years for Tom Emmer. We listened to the program for the first time when he was on and have been loyal listeners since. My fiancé laughed when we were first dating that he never knew he could find a girl that was maybe even more conservative than him. You know, this guy's a winner. I like it. You always got to find a Mrs. more conservative than you, in my opinion. I like it. We're now hoping to declare that we are the first, but definitely not last, ruthless love story. <laughs> Holmes, you'll be happy to know that we are both proud Minnesotans. Man, this is just like... I love it. What a great find by McDaniel. Uh, and I grew up a few blocks from the Caribbean and Tonka Bay, where you'll be hosting Ruthless Live on Lake. We are both bringing our parents to introduce them to the program and humbly beg you to play King of the Hill. Thanks for all the intel and laughs. Love you guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna love put that. this aside and give them a shout out. We we got to give them a shout out. Awesome yeah. at the show. Totally, yeah. totally. That's fantastic. I'm. I, listen, this is gonna be the best event. This yep. is gonna be so good. That place in Tonka Bay too. I'm I'm just really looking forward to it. And congratulations, like, dude, that is just winning. Absolute yeah. winning. Congratulations to you. I think on we that could one. do the we could do the wedding right there if we get them on a boat. Right? I'll declare okay. myself captain uh, yeah, and the old, the man old and wife. Judge and jury can officiate. <laughs> there yeah. we go. Legally, he can. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys see this next uh, this next review from Lake Minnetonka fan? Just great. What do we got? Ruthless ads romance. Hello, gentlemen. I've been a fan of the program since its launch in the fall of 2020. It also happens that during the fall of 2020 is when my wife and I got engaged. Listen so, to us. What, Listen what is to what's happening? There's a love connection on this show. <laughs> September 18th, 2020 to be exact. Now, here's a guy who remembers the date. Yep. Good good man. This is, this is a smart guy. In addition to Ruthless, I've been a fan of the Megyn Kelly program so much that I was able to get my fiance now wife, hooked on her show. At a time when I encouraged my wife to listen to Ruthless, but she only had time for Megan. That all changed when I had my wife listen to your Thanksgiving 2021 episode. <laughs> nice. That was a legit banger. That the number of times I hear complete about that. banger. As we listened to the episode in the car, my wife's entire body shook with laughter while tears streamed down her face. That episode turned into a ruthless, or that episode turned her into a ruthless minion, just like me. And now we both work to balance your show and Megan's in our life. Though I must admit, Ruthless has a bit of an edge over Megan's with us. That's a compliment. I love that. That's a huge compliment. She's got a great show. Yeah. After a recent romantic date night out, my wife and I did what newlyweds do. Listen to Ruthless. (laughs) 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 Another round of Ruthless. (laughs) After it was over, instead of having the customary cigarette, since we don't smoke, we both began singing the ruthless classic "Demer Journey." <laughs> that go. is honestly, Man. what a great song! That's that an is. incredible uh, move. That is that song. That song, just the classic. <laughs> <laughs> Roll over, Demer Journey. <laughs> There's going to be a generation of people who are who are conceived under Demer Journey. <laughs> so that's, you know, cigarettes are going to be outlawed under Joe there Biden. There you go. All you have is our song. Seriously. Uh, if that isn't love, then nobody knows what it is. All, all said, it was a banger of a night. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great, great review. One of the best. 
Thank you, fellas, for adding entertainment, humor, and a little added romance to our life. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. I love that. Uh, we got one more, Dunks. You want to take us? So did McDaniel like pick like a whole theme here with these? These are all it romance seems like themed. It. it seems like uh, it. I'm just now realizing that um, this one is titled The DC Cinderella Story. And DC, for the, for the week, for work, had a black tie event and may have met Prince Charming. Unfortunately, he's a dem. I told him we can go on a date if he listens and we discuss the program's <laughs> topics. Yes! <laughs> we'll report back soon. Five stars from me, fellas. Keep it up. And that's yes! From, that's from C. Winchester 2. Outstanding. C. Winchester, we need an update on that. Yeah. Because I... We look, will follow up. There's a way with some of these gentlemen to get their eyes open. And I have a feeling that the Ruthless Variety program is up to the task. Right. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're honest, the number one thing a person can do to make themselves more desirable and interesting, just listen to the program. It's a simple thing. It's a simple thing. It's simple things. All right, we're going to lead off with the economy because that's the thing that everybody's talking about here. Uh, and it's the topic of the lead into the show where there's not a recession, according to the press secretary. Uh, but one in four Americans think that we're in a recession worse than the 2008s. Yeah. Yikes, yeah. right? And so, as always, I, I spend my nights combing through economic data, and there is a very specific reason that a person might be able to feel this, is given the way that day one, the Biden administration focused on, number one, crippling America's energy independence, number two, passing the slate of just like absolute garbage, spending as much money as they possibly could to devalue the dollar uh, domestically, and pump inflation up, yeah, there's a reason. There's a reason it feels a lot different in 08 than where we didn't have inflationary headwinds. Yeah, no, no. I mean, look, 08 hit like a ton of bricks. Yeah. Right? It just immediately the bottom fell out and credit ratings went to shit and your savings evaporated overnight. And there was extraordinary action that needed to be taken by the government. Now the extraordinary action taken by the government was all for nothing. Yeah. And we find ourselves as a result of the extraordinary action being totally inflated and prices going up and and now you got no tools right now that interest rates are three quarters of a point up and that's the thing is and i think it gives us a leg up on on a lot of other shows and individuals but uh you and i were around for when it went down in yeah. no way you you were literally in the room where it happened yeah and we saw <laughs> and you were on the, in, in the room and i was, uh, I was in the room happened. where the head was losing like a billion an hour um <laughs> So we saw how bad it can be. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of folks, and I've brought this up a lot of times, especially to friends in finance, where you look out there and there's an entire generation of folks who have no muscle memory, no understanding of what an environment feels like, looks like, that is not just like, oh, rosy days ahead. You know, just uh, put your retirement into an index fund. Like, I mean, you you know what I mean? Yeah, like totally. It's, it's become just understood by everybody that, oh, listen, if you put your retirement account in an index fund, sunny days ahead. And markets only go up. Markets only go up. And like the last time we heard, I mean, I don't need to explain to you what it's like to be in a room with a Fed chair telling you. <laughs> Well, shit. <laughs> literally, literally said, if you don't pass this in forty-eight hours, we might not have an economy by Monday. Yeah, and and Hank is a very, Hank Paulson at the time, very serious individual. Yeah, who who, who and Bernanke like and Bernanke. The, between the two of them, it yeah. was like those people knew what they were talking about. It was scary, scary times. 
unlike the Biden administration, who is telling us there's no recession coming, who told us last year there's no inflation coming, who told us at the beginning of this year, baby formula crisis, never heard of it. Which the thing is, it's it's uh, it's beyond just trying to be, you know, just messaging where that's malicious. It's yeah, malpractice. It it's a very cruel thing to do to people because it's not. We're some not, things are not politics. It's I mean, yeah, I mean, you just look at the numbers and it, it, it's beyond their lying to people. But your average everyday American, if they're looking to their leaders for guidance in a situation like this, and their leaders, well, at least administration, are saying everything's fine, everything's fine, just go about your normal business, and there's just a lot of problems ahead, as we, as we heard from from Powell's testimony today, that's beyond malpractice. That's just cruelty. Totally, it's completely ridiculous. Well, the thing is. So, so the administration has chosen to blame Putin. They've yeah. chosen to blame companies, corporations, all kinds of different sectors and industries. The majority of Democrats, according to a new poll, blame Joe Biden for soaring inflation. I mean, that'll tell you. <laughs> oh, that'll tell you. This is in Newsweek. Uh, and a survey found that a majority of Democrats, 53%, believe that Biden's policies— are to blame for inflation. Guys, I don't know how to tell you how significant that is because yep. we are in a tribalist political era mm -hmm. where you don't believe anything unless it's got the colors that you're you're adhering to. Well, and MSNBC's, you know, been in overdrive with this term price gouging. It's not inflation, it's just these these damn companies. They're just price gouging. And it's not Joe Biden's fault. Like they there's been a coordinated media campaign to insulate Joe Biden from yeah. losing his base on this issue in particular. Yeah, and, and again I gotta say, like when, when when we are in an environment where the economy is just like chugging along, I'm okay with anyone just like saying what they want, but for MSNBC and, and these left wing stations to be pushing this it's beyond malpractice. That's just, you can't do that. That's right. an evil thing to do. Totally agree. Uh, overall, 64% of the polls, 1,300 adult respondents said they believe Biden's policies uh, were either responsible or very responsible for rising prices. So, that, I mean, look, that's that's important. And because it's not just the simple sort of presiding negligently over an economy and not getting in front of it and not responsive. You know, like a lot of the, the news stories that try to characterize how the Biden administration is dealing with all this is that they're like late to the fight. Right. Right. That, late to the fight's not where the American people are. They're like, no, no, no. We know damn well how this yeah, happened. Because they're you did this. Their ideology caused it. Yeah. And you know what's really interesting to watch is Democratic candidates out there running for re-election, how they're handling it differently. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got some candidates who are running ads saying that the trillions in inflationary spending that they supported are actually helping people. You've seen some of these ads where yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, I supported these things. It's actually helping you. Don't believe your lying eyes. Some of them are trying to pretend like they're drawing a contrast with Biden. Yeah. And you, you've seen these. Mark Kelly, for one, has this. Has I this saw it today. One. Yeah. And it's just so weak. And it's just this little tailing comment at the end where he's like, and even if it means opposing my own party. And it's like, <laughs> you're like, oh, you've never done that in any way. Okay, dude. And, and, and so one thing I want to bring up, this is very important, is so we got some testimony from Jerome Powell, who is the head of the Fed, Federal Reserve. Yeah, yesterday. And and it's very important because he's, this is a direct quote, and I'm going to read it word for word. Inflation was high before, certainly before the war in Ukraine broke out. 
Yeah, you just took the rug key. and pulled that shit right out yeah. from underneath. Yeah, and, and for folks who don't follow along, the Fed—you know—it's called the temple among folks in finance because it's supposedly supposed to be the place where politics doesn't exist. It's all just about numbers. It's all just about policy, and uh, which is why I was uh, this past weekend complaining to Treasury folks. You know, there, there, there's this like uh, situation uh, with w- w- over at Treasury where. You had an individual who was at Fed, and now I feel, and a lot of articles are coming out, Janet Yellen is colored by politics. Like, the Biden administration is controlling what she's allowed to say. Like, yeah. when she puts out a statement saying that, like, I told these people that bill was going to cause inflation, yeah. then, like, she's forced to walk it back a day later. And then what's significant about this is, so Powell gives this tes- uh, testimony where he says inflation was high before, certainly before the war in Ukraine broke out. And then you go back to Jen Psaki in April, who says, we know that 61% of inflation is driven by Putin's invasion into Ukraine. That's just cut and dry lying just a lie. to the American public. Just a lie. An absolute lie. Um, Wall Street Journal had an interesting piece on this, actually. It was how the Fed and the Biden administration got inflation wrong. Um, and the subheader is officials applied an old playbook to a new crisis. Quote, we fought the last mm-hmm. war. I think this tells us an awful lot, honestly, yeah. about what's happening here. Uh, in recent weeks, top officials in the Biden administration, the Federal Reserve, have publicly conceded they made mistakes in their handling of inflation. Behind the errors was a misreading of the economy. Advisors to Biden and Fed officials worried the COVID-19 pandemic and related restrictions would bring similar consequences to the 07, 08, 09 financial crisis weak demand, slow growth, long periods of high employment, high unemployment, I should say, and too low inflation. So they applied the last playbook that's, to and, the new crisis. And, and to me, that's stunning. Is I know there are a number of very bright individuals, especially like at the New York Fed. Uh, you know, it worries me that this had to have been their judgment tainted by politics. Because if you just look at the numbers, it would be a very stupid, like... I don't know, like even an intro to econ person would not right. think that's the issue. Right, a- any sort of demand, low demand, was was artificial, was pent up in this economy because yeah. you, Bing, you, you people you were stuck people in their homes. Home. You paid people to be home, and now you you, you, you have these vaccines. Uh, life's going back to normal. What the hell did you think was going to happen? Yeah. You didn't need to pump another $5 trillion in this economy. The American people are ready to get back to normal. And the fact that the, mass, the vast majority of that was like social issue bullshit. Right tells you this was this is a political maneuver well so the next line of this actually unveils an awful lot of it many democrats saw their control of the white house and congress as a rare opportunity to shift washington's priorities away from tax cuts favored by republicans and toward expansive new social programs. Oh, wow. Oh, Jason Furman, a Democrat who was uh, chairman of President Barack Obama's Council of Economic Advisors from 2013 to 2017, said the latest effort tackled the wrong crisis. He's the one that said, we fought the last war. And Mm. I think that's a very accurate statement. So, uh, and I think this is important to a lot of folks. If you look at what the last crisis in 08, it was about liquidity, having liquidity in the markets because you had the credit markets. It's all jammed up. up. All jammed up. So that's when the Fed for the first time pulled out the bazooka of of like, okay, we will do the the purchase program for mortgage-backed securities, which is essentially... Printing dollars. When you look at how the mechanism works, is is it's printing dollars. So there's liquidity in the market. 
we don't need liquidity. No, no we got that's the problem. None. None. And so when when we got wheelbarrows of liquidity, <laughs> bingo. And, and 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 this administration is telling their soldiers, you know, in their various uh, organizations that hey, you know, we are trying to quote shift Washington's priorities. That tells you why we're in the situation we're in is because the Dems wanted their agenda, the public, the economy be damned. And don't and don't conflate the first CARES Act with what the Biden administration did. The first CARES Act done under the Trump administration, the money that was allocated was because they shut the damn country down. Yeah, yeah and which businesses, was a surprise. They, they didn't necessarily uh, need to do that, but they did it They anyway. didn't necessarily need to do that. In retrospect, shouldn't have done that. But at the time, it's a mystery pandemic, a 100-year right. event. You, know. you don't know what you're doing. So, talking, so I kind of see. I, I kind of saw the first time as kind of like an uh, eminent domain. Like if you're telling someone to close their gym, yeah, you if you're give the them, government, you give them the money. It, which is what that was, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. it, was in, it was two parts. It was one part providing PPP loans and, and, and direct funding to businesses that they told could not be used. You could not fly airplanes or you could not open restaurants you could not go to stores they just said like we're locking down you can't do that well you can't just simply do nothing with that because it would you literally have nothing and what's sad is that like a lot of that went to like someone who has an instagram account who forms like balling llc Mm -hmm. and just like buys a lamborghini i hope i hope that one of the first things that house republicans or senate republicans do when they get the majority is go back in time and do a ppp dude we are are only at the tip of the iceberg i think on a lot of the ppp malfeasance and this stuff and like look whenever you have a helicopter full of money and you put out you know billions of billions 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 you're gonna have this it's just gonna happen like we were we were trying to put out the fire so like i don't blame the program for that but like there's some people who like i'm gonna get rung up they on should this go stuff. to jail yeah. and i may be biased but like uh having seen firsthand matthew foldy is just like an obsessive when it comes at researching looking at the data the same way they caught uh jen granholm uh being an investor in proterra in energy company yeah. Yeah, proterra yeah. that she's also pushing as the energy secretary this guy just like sits and sifts through the data we have to have someone go through all of that Shoot out those subpoenas, hold these people accountable because a lot of that money got abused. Yeah, totally sure. got abused. Totally got abused. Here's one line of this story that I, fo- I found actually sort of interesting. And uh, Democrats saw deficit finance stimulus this time as a vehicle to advance expanded social programs. Here's where it gets inter- interesting, mm. such as an enriched child tax credit they hope to make per- permanent. So this is like the great the great uh, right. bait and switch that Democrats have done. Yeah, right? though Rahm Emanuel never let a good crisis go Bingo. to waste. That's, so, it, but, that's it. But that was not the child tax credit yeah. is not what they were trying to do. No. Right. That was what they saw as a politically popular vehicle to try to get the rest of the shit that they got through. The child tax credit, if I'm not mistaken, was created in the O three tax hike or uh, cut that Bush created. Right. That they all opposed. And was part of the Trump tax cut. And it was re-upped during the 2017 Trump tax cut that they all opposed. The one they now say was a handout to the wealthy and is the cause for inflation. That's what they say now. The Democrats. One thing in politics that is axiomatic, Democrats want bigger government. That's it. And they will do anything, they will tell any lie in order to get it. Right. And this this is one of those cases. Biden, listen to this, Mr. Biden likened his ambitions to those of Lyndon B. Johnson's Great Society 
during the 1960s. To my point, they want bigger government. They want government to run your life. And I just I just don't think that's a good good way to do it. The Great Society. It didn't go so great. It didn't go great <laughs> it was, it at was all. So, it was so great they need to add to it. Yeah. I, so, so some economists warned that it would lead to inflation. Most prominently, Harvard University's Larry Summers. Remember, he was a former, uh, I think, Treasury or Commerce Secretary, and then he was the uh, economic advisor under Obama. Mm-hmm. And he's been all over the TV lately, right, saying basically a victory lap that these people did it didn't take my advice. Right. Their criticism frustrated White House officials mm-hmm. because both were prominent Democrats who had served under Mr. Obama, Miss Yellen who was new to Mr. Biden's team, was in a delicate position. When Mr. Biden completed the $1.9 trillion proposal in January, she wasn't in the meeting. Wow. She wasn't in the meeting. Yeah. I mean, and, they didn't and want her opinion. The yep. only person in the entire cabinet that has any idea what they're doing and she yeah. wasn't in the meeting? And what? I think that's something we're going to learn a lot as we go forward is... They found anyone who had any expertise and just like, because the stuff that they want to accomplish is is so departed from any sort of logic. Like you cannot have, you know, a, a, a subject matter, like someone who knows their shit sign off on just this bonkers bananas garbage. Totally. But we got, we got to throw in a clean tweet here because this is fantastic. This gives you an idea of the priorities of this administration. While all this shit's going on, (laughs) the economy is like crashing. We've got horrible inflation. You won't let Janet Yellen into your meetings because she doesn't agree with the policy. Mm -hmm. Ron Klain tweets out, for the first time in history, the signatures of two women will appear on our currency. (laughs) (laughs) As if anybody gives a Fuck, whose signature is on the dollar they don't have? Hey, Janet, we know you're one of the smartest people in this administration, but why don't you just sign the money and stay out of the meeting? <laughs> and that's We're not interested it. in your that's input. It. This is like this is like the meme. This is like the meme of the drone with the pride flag on it, and the person's oh, being bombed, and they're like, "It feels good to finally be represented." <laughs> <laughs> So, but you look, you're like, okay, well, they know that they've got a problem. All these stories are coming out. So what's the administration doing about it? We talked a little bit on Tuesday about how they were uh, nicotine. Yeah. They focused on nicotine. Well, just yesterday, they're going to order Juul off the market. Smug. Yeah, I'm mad. What are you, I mean, you going to do? So, I mean, here's the thing is, uh, it's infuriating because you have a situation where you have created this problem for everyday Americans, right? They've created the problem that we have with gas prices going up. They've created the problem that we have with inflation. And then you try to just like, like essentially just, you're just trying to fuck with them even more and, and you're gonna make their cigarettes subpar. It's like anyone who's a cigarette smoker, number one, you shouldn't feel bad about it. It makes you look cool. Number two, <laughs> like especially, you know, if you had a long day, if you, after, at the end of your shift, you know, at your lunch break, you light a cig, you relax, and you're like, I can do this, you know? <laughs> and they're like, no. I love the way Smug describes it. No, we want it. It just, it's yeah. gotta be after a good meal, yeah. you know, that kind of cigarette. A long they want, drag out of a slow, smooth I think cigarette. I'm going to smoke a cigar tonight. He's oh, inspiring Dude, me. we absolutely will. But that's what they want to take away. And it's insane to me that they feel good about doing this to people. Like, 
everyone says like yes the cruelty is the point they want to show they're in control but there's zero humanity in an individual who especially when like for joe biden whose son is on video smoking crack pulling guns on hookers (laughs) and this is like a statement of fact like not even apple podcast can get mad at us yeah this is not misinformation (laughs) there's video all right and for this guy not just video of that by the way yeah And, and, and for this guy Joe Biden to be like, you know what? You know, my kid can smoke crack and pull guns on hookers, but your cigarette, I kind of don't want you to just have a nice break. No, the, the, <laughs> the flavor of your cigarette or uh, the method by which you smoke it it's offends insane. me. It's insane, and it's, and it's beyond cruel, and I, I mean, I, I, I don't know what to say. Like, you have to be a terrible human being. Like, he, like at this point, his administration clearly enjoys... The suffering of individuals when they don't want you to just have a nice smoke break. At the same time, you look at your like New York Post and it's like, oh, here's another picture of of uh, Biden's kid smoking crack, pulling guns on hookers, doing whatever he wants, and that's totally cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. Unreal. <laughs> Plus, Unreal. he loves the feet. Smart. Yeah, yeah, clearly, he loves well, I mean, the feet. It's a big feet guy. <laughs> I mean, he's clearly into a lot of things, and, and that's the thing. And that's the thing is, it, 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 it's beyond hypocrisy because I think a lot of times the whole like hypocrisy argument doesn't work because the whole gatekeepers are the liberal media, so you can't be like, oh, a Republican would never get in trouble with this because you know the libs they don't care. The they, they don't care. They they like the Republican. They call to get the in balls trouble. and strikes. They like, like being a hypocrite. They 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 enjoy that. Bingo. So it goes beyond the hypocrisy. It's just like this is cruelty that like they want to rub it in your face of like yes. You're going to do what we say. You're going to enjoy paying twice as much for gas because we told you to buy that $70,000 Tesla. And now you got to buy twice as many cigarettes. Bingo. You know, when you, you can't... You half rip, the rip, nicotine. Right. You can't rip your jewel anymore. Now you got to buy twice as many cigarettes because they got half as much nicotine now. It's, it's, it's offensive. I, I hope Trudeau doesn't follow along because, like, those Canadian cigarettes are going to hit this market and just be like a tidal wave. Well, I mean, the black market is going to be unbelievable. Like already, like if you're in New York, you already know you go to like one tenth and sixth street and you can get your cigarettes that don't have the tax stamp and you get a pack of Marlboros for six bucks. Like they should be (laughs) instead of 15 at the bodega. And that's what's going to happen coast to coast is this does not solve anything. And especially for him to go after vapes, which have shown what it becomes of, of, you know, when you introduced a jewel into a market is you have individuals who aren't getting lung cancer, who aren't smoking, you know, uh, well, certainly uh, has reduced health impact. Yeah. Yeah. More people have quit smoking. Totally. And, 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 and his administration is like, no, not okay. We're going to totally are totally go after that. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And, <laughs> and beyond that, they will even provide you with a crack pipe. Like, yeah. listen, friend, your cigarette. Eh. Jewel's not of, good, but the crack pipe. Just have a crack pipe. Yeah. Fuck, Donkey, you say this all the time, but like, what a garbage culture. Garbage culture. <laughs> yeah. It's a garbage culture. My the God. T- taxpayers pay for a crack pipe to be distributed to people so that they can kill themselves. But you can't rip a jewel. Like, unfucking unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. I just, it, it's in every turn. Yeah. Every turn, yeah. somehow we're debating whether discussing gender reassignment uh, with kindergartners is appropriate. How are we discussing this? How? How are we discussing this? What What a broken garbage culture. It's a broken, bored, decadent society. And how is it that nobody, like, literally, I'm about to explode. Yeah, because go for it. it. No, we've just gotten to a point yeah. where you, like, people are like, oh, you can't talk about that. Nope, you can. You, you can't. Can. You can't talk about that because it's, you know, like, oh, boy. Hit them up, dude. Oh, boy. You know, I mean... 
it, it's it's discriminatory. First of all, you're a bad person. Sure. <laughs> if you acknowledge, it was like uh, Governor Whitmer's tweet. She was like, "I'm going to stand up for menstruating people." Which is just the most the, insane. I mean, We've gotten to that point where you can't even say the word women. Who's going to defend the English language? We had... We had <laughs> right, you know? I like, saw, what, like how Supreme are we Court. at that fucking point in our society that we have to defend the English language? That you can't trust that the dictionary is not going to change on a, you. a Supreme Court it justice is was like, I'm not a biologist. Like, a Supreme Court justice gets confirmed being like, I'm not a biologist. <laughs> They so I watched there was a libs of TikTok thing that I clicked on today and yeah. it was just you know of Great course place to click. of course like another kindergarten teacher who's talking about how upset she is that nobody in the school has recognized her pronouns and she's been very clear because she highlights them in forty eight percent. What does this block. have to do about learning to write in recess? Right, and then and then and then she's like, uh, and her pronouns are like they and them, which is like you know it's the plural pronoun, but it's an individual. So she's like, I understand, like so I sent them the dictionary dictionary or how you properly use it in a sentence and, I, and so i was like you know what fuck it i'm gonna look at this i want to i want to i want to look at this and see what this insanity is all about i opened it up honest to god if you were to try to communicate on a day-to-day basis with individuals like guessing their pronouns or like just sort of like working that into your head english language would sound like pig latin pig latin yep it doesn't make sense. There's plural when it's singular. There's back people make stuff you have up a with governor different letters. Menstruating people, which is number one, hugely offensive. Right. Like just say the word women rather than be like, oh, you know, those bleeding people. Like what an insane way to be like. This is the more acceptable form to express myself. And, and right? why do they? Why do they act as though that's some sort of commentary on, like? LGBTQ. It's not. It's, not it's the English fucking language. Well, and also it erases women. Yeah. Like they, that's, they no longer exist. Sort of the grand yeah. irony of here is that, you know, transgender uh, people who, who are men who become women now insist on erasing what they wanted to become. It, it makes no fucking sense it, it, to me. It's like Pavlich said, the whole like D3 thing is like the yeah. number one advocate to be like, no, Title IX actually very exclusionary. <laughs> no, and I think that's what and their moms going. would be like, "What are you talking about, dude? We had to fight for that, dude." It's so true. I actually watched there was a thing on ESPN the other night about Title IX. I was like, "This is kind of interesting because it's like the history yeah. and the debate and all that stuff." Especially when you look at the context of today, you're like, "What?" No, that's what I was. So my conclusion after Title watching, IX now is like based. I no, no, I'm serious. <laughs> my conclusion after 15 minutes was like, "These women are based as shit." Like they're they're like no 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 we're women they're like it's <laughs> super unfair for us to compete against men yeah now like, they would like have their Twitter account taken away <laughs> <laughs> seriously yeah that's where we're at with these backwards at uh, anyway um uh, let me just buzz through a couple of things you know we always talk about Biden as his age what's interesting now is that uh, Democrats are beginning to do this if you notice in some lefty publications mm. like the Atlantic for example let me put this bluntly. Joe Biden should not run for re-election in 2024. <laughs> he is too old. Well, it's hard to be more direct than that. Right? I mean, that's just... So this is kind of where Democrats are beginning to land. This is a place that we've talked about a lot. They don't have an obvious heir apparent because com- clearly Kamala's going to make it. I love it because there are essentially, at this point, two camps in the Democratic Party. There's one camp who's just like, I'm kind of looking at the tea leaves Joe Biden's too old. There might be trouble ahead. And then there's a second, which is just like suicide pact. Like, no, <laughs> we're going off this cliff together. It's just yeah. like full Thelma and Louise. I, I think like if you're a Dem pollster and 
you know, you, you're working a lot of congressional races or Senate races, um, you know, for these midterms. But you also have, you know, I don't know, maybe Amy Klobuchar as a client, maybe Elizabeth Warren as a client. Uh, I'd be selling them on a ballot question every time I did a poll, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Put put that in. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know? I imagine this isn't the first time or the last time we're going to be hearing a lot of uh, polling about whether Democrats think it's time for Joe to go. Oh, t- uh, listen. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I see, I see exactly <laughs> what you're saying. The push. Yeah. A little push of the old man out yeah, the door. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's happening. Um, all right, so we're going to spend a minute. I know there's been a lot of interest on the program about the gun debate. Yeah, uh, Smug and I talked about it a little bit last week, right? Yeah. When it was just coming we together, did. the framework. Yeah, yeah. And, and so this, obviously, the backstory of this is I in, guess uh, for our new listeners, we discussed it last week, but we're going to go in on it anyways. <laughs> yeah, well, so so the Uvalde uh, school killing, just absolutely as tragic as as it could be, gave new rise to this this gun debate. And uh, what's happened? Obviously, you've got a whole line of Democrats right down the road that would love to just ban the Second Amendment yeah. altogether. Even though, right? like every day, you find a new piece of information that discusses how the police just didn't do their job. Yesterday was the actually the most alarming for me. Yeah, when they when that there was a, a a police officer responding to the scene whose wife was a teacher who had been shot, who called him to say that she had been shot. He attempted to get into the building, and he was detained by by police there, and his gun taken away. I didn't see that. Yeah, no, they had a ballistic awful. shield. They were in that hall. That's what I saw. It's like they, they were nothing. like full Call of Duty. Like they had all the mods and shit, and they're rolled up. And then I guess they waited an hour to act. And once they had like shields and guns, everything yeah. they need, they still waited an hour. The door was unlocked. Apparently, the yep, door was. That's unlocked. right. That that was another lie. Is is we were the the local police told everybody, oh, the door was like locked or whatever. Like, dude, when you have like a lot of fucking heavy weapons and you've got ballistic shields get the fuck in there and save children like did they not even try the door i mean that's the thing i'm watching some of this testimony that they're having in texas and it's like the door was unlocked and they're all sitting there waiting for a key i mean it's it's I, unbelievable I, I mean sometimes i just get like based on the uh, on the whole like well police are members of the union and it's like do i want to like save my pension or do i want to go in and do my job i think you'll find well, that the that 95 point plus percent I of, hope so, of, man. of cops would would throw themselves into the middle of that in a heartbeat because the thing is for like, some I reason really these people like didn't i it should be a hundred percent like if if there's a decision between you are a cop with a badge and from some like heavy firepower and crazy shit and there's kids in danger you fucking go in there that should be a hundred percent well it, yeah it's a, it's a difference between the people on 9-11 that ran up the damn bingo building. Right. Yep. And 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 what we saw. In That's why we like love FDNY, because they proved like they didn't have anything to deal with, like a terror organization. But they fucking went in there and they tried to help completely, completely. So, look, that's the backdrop for all of this. What happened was Senator Cornyn, who uh, has had some history with this issue, I think probably about five years ago, there was a church shooting in Texas. Horrible issue where a person was able to obtain a firearm because of a gap in what they call the NICS system. NICS system is the background check. Everybody's like, oh, background. There's background checks, fellas. There's background no. checks all over the plate. They exist. There's no, when, when, when you hear Steve Kerr 
of the Golden State Warriors say there's no background checks. Absolutely. He's full of shit. There yeah. is background. It's called the Knicks system. I think the, he's more familiar with the Chinese system. Yeah, that, that's, who, that's <laughs> right. who cuts his checks. Right. So, but when there was this problem with the Knicks system because the state state law enforcement wasn't adequately connecting to the federal law enforcement, there was a gap in the system where a guy obtained a weapon because in, in out of state because he he didn't have the same sort of background check bounce back. So he fixed it. Right. I mean, it was a thorny issue. I remember a lot of gun advocates at the time were very concerned. There was like a national background check thing. It wasn't. It just was what it was. So he's got some credibility. This guy is, is a Second Amendment guy. Right. He's a Texas conservative. And so he, he sort of understood this over the years. So he comes into this with some credibility. He's got to deal with Democrats. Right. And so this is what they've put together. There was a compromise between uh was it 10 was it 10 republicans and 10 democrats mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. that put together uh something and, and here's the thing i just kind of want to go through it and let you know what's in it and we can all talk about that right as i see it there's sort of three parts to this the first and most important part from my perspective is that there is federal funding for school hardening school security and mental health and from my perspective, that is like the biggest piece of this pie, right? I, mean, I, I can't imagine why there would be any resistance at all to this. And I and just put yourself in the in the shoes of these kids in schools. If and there are no cops sitting in the schools, maybe one guy who is who is like a C team officer that isn't it that is not like the the most athletic, best trained officer. We want the 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 A. I want a Navy SEAL guard, my kid. Exactly. I want two of them. Yeah. I want kids to be able to walk around and know that okay, well, these guys are here. If some lunatic walks in, they're going to take them out. So, so that there's funding in there to improve that. I want to see as this debate goes on more specificity to the point that you just made, which is I, I don't want to fund some fat forty-five year old like. Uh, washed out of the police academy guard right do, the, dealing with this this has got to be serious these have to be serious people the job isn't an afterthought it's not it's something to be taken what's very more seriously. important what's more Being important a, put the put the guy who signs up for this on a pedestal yeah they're, they're a hero they should be paid more right i certainly don't want anybody guarding a federal building who's more trained who's better qualified to defend people than i do in in a school that's that's just the bottom line. That's, I, I couldn't agree more. Right, so that's the first piece, which I think we can all agree is a is a piece that is absolutely necessary for this debate. The second piece, which is an interesting component that I actually hadn't thought about, this enhanced background check for people under the age of twenty one, and what they mean by enhanced is. They include juvenile records. What, what does juvenile records mean? Means any crimes you've been convicted of prior to the age of eighteen. Is that only felony or anything that you're? Well, I mean, I listen. I if it's a misdemeanor, misdemeanor, if it's a mis, no, if it's a misdemeanor, you're not precluded from buying firearms. Okay, yeah. So the same things apply, I right? Mean, the Bill of Rights should apply to me, even if though it's a misdemeanor. But if you have like a felony domestic violence. See, that's the thing. It's like when when, when people brought up the whole, like, uh, the boyfriend law or whatever, where it's like if you're found guilty of 
domestic violence, maybe you shouldn't have a gun. I can agree with that. Like, I'm super against, uh, as Duncan and I discussed, I'm super against red flag laws and anything that I feel can curtail the Second Amendment. But it's like, okay, if you're just, like, out here punching women, like, maybe, yeah, you don't get a gun. Like, that should be a rule. That, I, mean, I don't think there's anyone who would disagree with that yeah. part of it. But But here's where I didn't know. And I'm actually like a little offended that I didn't know this because it's it's horrible. Under current law, if you're 18 in a day and you buy a weapon, anything you did you have a clean record in your entire basically. life doesn't show up in a background check. Yeah. Wait. So what? like, hey. no, yeah, no, seriously, if you were not tried as an adult and convicted as an adult, it didn't show up. I mean, it means that you're like. You could have wait a minute. So horrible, like, violent. As long as you're not tried as an adult, it doesn't show up on a federal background okay. or on a, on a state background check. Like that's pretty eye opening to me. I didn't know that. So so for example, for example, all these fucking thugs that you are watching, looting every store, beating up grandmothers on the street, doing all that shit. When you're able to catch one of these people, we all know that the prosecutors in all these jurisdictions never. And they've run on a campaign of never, never charging them as an adult. Like that's their thing. They charge them as a juvenile. They subsequently, this violent behavior allows them 18 in a day to have a clean mm, record when it comes to background checks on firearms. I think that is a reasonable, reasonable deal. Okay. okay. I mean, so, so, so to me, yes. Um, there was that case that happened in DC where I guess the Uber uh, driver is that what you're talking about? The Uber driver gets carjacked and killed and the DA in DC is like, nope, not charging you. Like as an, like, I think they only got what, uh, juvenile hall for like six months. Yeah. And that's it. They literally murdered a man in the streets on camera. Those people. Yeah, I think it makes sense. Not only before, before the, if this does not go into place, my understanding is those people would be fully able to buy any firearm they wanted. And I believe there were 16 at the time when they did this. So I guess the, the way I see it is we, number one, the second amendment is enshrined into, not, it's a constitutional not, not, not to law, it's, it's yeah. like a God given thing. And so it like literally it shall not be infringed. I think the only situation is when you have like clear cut, found guilty like a criminal and we have laws situation. on the books for that right there are there are if withstood constitutional tests right if you if you are a convicted felon in this country you cannot obtain a firearm and so like what's the what's what's corna doing is corn corn is a red flag guy no is so here's the third this is the third piece and this is where this becomes controversial and honestly this is where me myself have additional questions right those first two i'm super comfortable with the third one is it provides grants to states to implement their own red flag laws. No way. That's awful. One piece of it that I like is that they're removing the federal government from the equation. Anytime the federal government gets into the business of anything close to red flag, it is a Second Amendment disaster. So so I, I no longer have any faith in the federal government, right? But my issue is... The fear of a state government, because you can have states like California, which are already just like trampling on the Second Amendment openly. It's ridiculous the restrictions that they place on like 
if you're out there just like trying to like well, they're shoot beat. clays, you've got issues in the way of trying to get a gun to shoot clays. My faith at this point has become just like the Supreme Court. You know, thank God we now have. Yeah, we'll talk about that yeah, more in a minute. Right. Right. Because I have zero faith in a state being allowed to be allotted any amount of money. Because like any money that you give to states, like yes, I, I you know, it used to be like a rule of thumb that states' rights. Yeah, great. But when it comes to like a constitutional issue, for a blue state, that means. Yes, infringe well, on and, the Bill of Rights. And that's sort of my... And use the money we're given to. My complaint with this on the red flag laws things is like, all right, so if California wants to have a red flag law, okay, go right ahead. Don't make me pay for it. Don't make me pay uh, for your red flag law. So the idea that taxpayers and the rest of the country have to help fund these things is just something no, I, get I don't it. like. I get it. Here's my, pro- here's my problem. I'm actually very this is going to sound pretty dorky, but the due process element of it is extremely concerning. Very concerning. Very concerning. In fact, some of the states like Connecticut who have these very strict red flag law policies, uh, huge overturn rate in the taking away of guns because, and I look, I don't have the stats in front of me, but like, you know, people can, people can be very mean, like in things like a divorce proceeding or whatever, where they, you know, make accusations against people that they used to be married to or whatever. You know what I mean? So like, and, and that's, what, that's what really scares me is because there are already situations. I think California, when we, when we discussed this was like, Oh, are you trying to adopt a pet? Are there any social media posts where you are pro second amendment? It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Because I, my issue with red flag laws is who interprets them? Like, I can trust Clarence Thomas interpreting right. the law. I don't trust Nina Jankowitz or whatever the you know like the administrative the, state. The, the Mary all these Poppins. lunatics. Yeah, yeah, I don't trust her interpreting. Well, the and law. it's got a real mixed record, as you said. Connecticut, horrible. Yeah, Rick Scott in Florida implemented a pretty rigorous yeah, red flag was, after the the shooting at the wait. Rick yeah. Scott put in red. Yeah, oh, yeah they the strict, yeah, strictest yeah, yeah. red flag right. law in the country. Yeah, and but but you know that has worked. Dude, that's wild. That has worked serious? a little bit better. But here here's the issue with red flag laws, right? So so the the way that they would moralistically look at this is that, bro, in Florida he did this shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, no. After, Ronnie after D, Pulse. what the hell? After you, Pulse, you after the Pulse after. nightclub shooting. Okay, yes. but it's just like what red flag? Like, yes, you shouldn't shoot gay people. I think everyone knows this. I think that was a terrorist, right? He was like inspired by ISIS. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, so like, what the fuck? Why are you taking guns away from normal people? Well, I don't know. I mean, look, in Florida, it seems to be not a subject of debate. It does in Connecticut and other states that you're talking about, Duncan, where they've had a real problem right. with people uh, uh, abusing the system. But but hypothetically, the way that they look at it is it, it's like a mom whose kid is like, you know, deeply onto the spectrum and all of a sudden decides that like he's got a violent situation and he's threatening to kill people and she can call up the cops and they can like red flag they're there and they and they can get weapons out of the house or whatever is necessary that's like their ideal world right but in practice it's much hairier than that Mm -hmm. yeah right in practice as you mentioned divorces accusations and then the problem is that due process shifts it it be it be it's not an innocent before proving guilty they take your second amendment rights preemptively and then you have to prove that you're not and and, and there's a lot of questions have we had rick scott on the show 
We should. Yeah, we did. Yeah, he's been on. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. I didn't know he did this. You have. Yeah. That's you have, wild. You, you dude. have questions. Yeah, I got questions. Okay. Here, here's, here's Rick Scott. Come on the show. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. What you guys have been talking about for the last five minutes is all about ways that people who are generally compliant with the law are able to participate in a system that prevents lunatics from shooting up schools. Yeah. And from my point of view as a parent, I know that there are people who break the law on a daily basis who can find guns when they want them, mm-hmm. and they can they can find their way to any sort of a soft target that they want. Right, yep. so hard in the target. And that is exactly why the and, most important thing in this, dude, the most important thing in this is more cops in schools. And because so, so to me, that I'm is... I'm just what, saying, we had cops in, in the school, and they didn't do their fucking job. Bingo. And, dude, and so like things, when I like think about those it... Cops, my, the, uh, you, you, those cops should face such severe penalties. Exactly. And I think they will, it, it can't. But it can't. I doubt they will, dude. Like... We had Hillary Clinton's lawyer get away with this shit. Like, it's ridiculous the way that people can abuse this system as we currently have it, which is why it makes me reticent to allow these that's, people to have more powers to begin with. I guess I should say real cops in schools. Yeah. Being cops who, who are like, I mean, I, thinking about these parents, I think every one of us could identify with these parents who are like. Yeah, no, absolutely. Who are, who are terrified. Like, who right. are like handcuffed and they're like, just let me get in there. And see, let me the get in there. They, they weren't even walking in with guns. So right. Ashbrook, Ashbrook Nails is the issue here is how do you handle a situation where you've got a fucking lunatic with a gun? Because the fact is. You fucking shoot him. Bingo. And, and the bingo. Thing, you've got like right. 99.999. Right. Like if you look at this from a statistical perspective. Like four standard deviations out, people who own guns are just like shooting McClays or a deer, dude. Like or not getting used. They're just a collection on, on like over the fireplace. The the, the beyond the vast yep. majority. We're talking about like four standard deviations out of gun owners are just responsible, safe human beings. The problem is now a message has been delivered to people who have severe mental issues that if I go out there and I shoot a bunch of people, I can be on the nightly news. Well, well that's this, this, this guy. I agree guy, with that. This guy who is who is uh, who who did this the shooting in Uvalde is like out here on Instagram, shooting messages to girls, being like, "Here's my guns," and the girls like, uh, "That's kind of nutty." And he's like, "You're gonna see me on the news in a little bit," because he knew when you create that kind of like motivation for 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 these nutty people to get the attention that they wanted, right? Yeah, it's like the old, it's the old Hinckley principle, Bingo. right? I mean, there's just a lot of there's a insane people, which is why the mental health piece is is actually super important in this. But you're right. I mean, that principle, as long as you have sensational media coverage, which I don't know how to eliminate, because that also is a First Amendment. Right? We're dealing with the second. You're talking about the first. Like uh, these things are these things are are tough to navigate. So they're trying to figure out a way through this. But, but I think ultimately, look, we need a little bit more discussion and debate on the due process piece of this for me, for me. What I would like to see, and I don't know if this is happening and they just don't discuss it or what, but to your point about the how the police handled Uvalde, can we get a standard rules of engagement? And can yeah. that and can, can that standard rules of engagement be this? 
shoot the motherfucker in the head as fast as you can. And you have total immunity no matter what. And if you bring in a fucking gun, I don't care what kind of gun, if it's a pea shooter or it's an M16, you it. get it right in the fucking forehead and that is and, the end of and it. And I think here, Nobody asks any questions. Right. Whoever pulls the trigger, you get a high five and a and a pat on the back and right. out you go to the school. And right. here's the thing. is So right, right That's now... That's it. Gunman in the school taken down. Taken down. Oh, oh, oh. Take him... Right now, when you're talking about uh, uh, the situation in America right now, so how much are we spending on X amount of bill, right? Uh, you look at the costs. Someone ran these numbers on if we got, like, we're talking, like, triple canopy. Like, folks who have been to Afghanistan and Iraq and performed, like, way, way, like, above expectations, these individuals who are working for, like, private military organizations, if we were to have... Three of, of, of these like PMC folks at every public school in America, and the yeah. cost is just like nothing. We're talking like five billion. When you can send like fifty billion to Ukraine, it's like I well, I, you pay you can pay for what you al- already allocated it, in COVID money. Exactly. Right. There's a there's a hundred billion dollars idling at the Treasury Department, waiting for Gavin Newsom to say, you know what, our teachers' pension is a little bit yeah. overdrawn <laughs> again this month. We're right. gonna need to we're gonna need like, to you know money. what's super sick about this as a, a technical matter. It's not idling at the Treasury Department. What they did was as soon as they passed the bill, Treasury sent it to the states because they knew, they knew that Republicans would come back for the money to try to allocate it for things like this. Oh, that is twist. And that's I why governors are that. important, dude, because they can tap that. And, and, and my situation, what I think an issue is that money that, that was sent and not spent that like all the teachers unions demanded imagine if that was given like if, if you're like yo triple canopy can we get like three people who are in the Korangal valley to harden the school who do you think is gonna roll up to try to make a name off their self no those because those teachers unions the ones who told Bingo. us your schools have never been safe you know because of the mold filters <laughs> if you told them to cough up some of this money they haven't spent yet to harden their school they'd tell you oh i need that for my pension yeah, I'm telling you right now. Not only now. do and I need that, that like, for their pension, but then I want you to ban yeah. guns because that ideologically right. that schools makes have sense. never been safe because of the filter. But no, nah, can't get a oh. competent person in here to to protect your kids. Like I I I, I don't. I'm fucking believable. I, I don't <laughs> typically believe in like punishing the entire group to get like you know a result, but like every police officer in this country should be like, what the hell is wrong with you people? And you've all because it's like a difference where like. I don't know. Like you see a lot of crazy it gives you shit a bad rap. Yeah. Like I mean, I've seen shootings in New York, and it's just like, well, you know, it's just like another crazy day. But like, if there's a school with little kids in there, get your ass in totally. there. What the yeah. fuck are you doing? Totally. That's your job, and it's beyond being your job. Like, if any, they're de- they're there were individuals rolling up with firearms from the community who were like, "Let me in," and the cops were like. Bro, we only got like fucking ballistic shields. Can never do that again. Well, and like, look, get I get the you, fuck out of here. I know I'm sort of the tinfoil hat person on all of this, but like, if the cops aren't going to protect you, if you're rolling up and they're putting you in fucking handcuffs and we want to save your family, that's the last time I want somebody to pass a bill regulating this the second bingo. of this. I'm Thank sorry. You, sir. This I'm sorry exactly. because the last three yeah. years, I mean, they locked us in our fucking homes, told us we couldn't go to work. Um, I don't know. People were rioting and burning down cities. I think the Second Amendment's pretty fucking important. Bingo. No, dude. I, I, and that's I the agree. thing. It's like, I, I, I feel like, yes, I may be like a city slicker. Like when I was going shooting and fishing with, with the boys, like, yeah, you know, I don't own a gun, but to me, the Second Amendment is why the rest of the Bill of Rights exists. Yeah. Because that's the only thing separating an individual from tyranny, is the fact that 
the individual matters. Why? Because they cannot have just the state visit tyranny upon them. And it's why this country exists, because it's, these Brits were like, we, we, we got to say, and we had patriots who were like, no, we are free right. people. I mean, the founders were Freedom very specific based about on second. It's dude. It's it's the founders were very specific with what they put in there. I Bingham. mean, there's a reason why like quartering soldiers isn't allowed. They were responding directly to a, a threat of a tyrannical government. And, yeah. and I know we have cable exists. stations and like every teacher out there in public schools trying to diminish, but like these were actual literal like not even stretching the term geniuses who put this country together yeah. and but and, and and but to your point duncan which i think is a really good one is that for the first time in a long time in this country we actually got a little taste of why this is so important during covid yeah right i mean look i grew up with guns minnesota gun culture all my friends hunt we went and hunted all the time you have a total respect for firearms like it's just they're part of who you are and you, you nobody abuse if you if you handled a gun poorly not only would people get pissed you and probably take it away they would shame you yeah like nobody's i mean you never <laughs> want to be that guy right like you are the biggest P-U-S-S-Y in yeah. the world if you are handling a gun poorly. Yeah. It has nothing to do with, like, being cool. Right. It has everything to do with, like, you either know what you're doing or you don't. And that's the culture. Yeah. Right? But but, but so during this COVID period, I hadn't had a gun because I lived in D.C. and everything else. At the beginning of COVID, when I watched what was going on in 2020, you better believe I bought guns. Yeah. You better believe I bought guns. Yeah, you got, you, you know, I was I was genuinely right. genuinely. So concerned. now, from, if she from, hits the fan, I'm going to Duncan's or Holmes. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen, listen. From a self defense standpoint, schools are not the only parts of this country that suffer from a lack of police protection. There are rural parts of this country where the cops cannot spread out far enough. And people are on their own, dude. Yeah, I may, the only way that they can protect themselves from some lunatic rolling up. Is a gun? I maybe yeah. they need that. They they deserve that. What? A, yeah. How else are they going to protect right. themselves? Yeah, gonna you're going to call. You're going to call the yeah. cops who are 20 hey, miles away. Hey, hold on, buddy. Stop! <laughs> don't don't rob my house for oh, a minute. Hey, I'm on the, I'm on the hotline with Joe Biden's press secretary. I'm <laughs> yeah. hoping she's going to give me an answer. So I may be like extremely. He's got a stutter, so just wait a minute. He might take him a minute to get the answer out. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be like extremely colored by my experience in like New York City of the way that like pensions and unions work of where. Essentially, the way a pension and union works is you are incentivized to do nothing, right? Like there was this case I remember uh, like 10 years ago where it made more money for you as, as a subway worker, as a member of the like MTA union to go to sleep in the booth all night long to actually like work hours and do your job. And I feel like uh, this is a big problem in police force when people are like, oh, I back the blue, bro. This is a, a, a union, and we have seen the effects of this. If we, like, I am, every school in this country deserves a PMC, not a unionized, pensioned individual. You should be compensated based on the results. Like, if you've been to the Korangal Valley and hunting terrorists, yes, I trust you to defend my children. If your pension is based on... 80% calculation of your final five years in the service of a union. Right. I don't know, man. You right. may not want to go in, and we saw a situation where they didn't want to go in. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, a lot more needs to be said about this. I think we just highlighted what's in this bill, right? There's been a lot. I've seen a ton of Twitter traffic where people have no fucking idea what they're talking about on both sides, right? Yeah. Yeah. The left is up in arms, by the way. I don't know if you guys have checked it, progressive Twitter. 
but progressive Twitter is as pissed off right now as I've ever seen them. Hmm. They are like furious about the fact that there's no like gun control in this, and they're not. Which like, is nuts. Like I, I mean, this, this, and I think maybe that should be telling. If everyone hates the law, get rid of it. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, like what compromise is necessary? I think the problem is very, very clear that's an individual based situation. This is not like every American and the Second Amendment should be punished. This is very much we have a, an extremely small population. How do we address that? So there it is. That's our, our discussion on that. Here's some good news. Okay. We're going to end this with the fact that the Supreme Court hard fought for and absolutely incredibly attained under the most unbelievable circumstances with Kavanaugh and Gorsuch, the the Scalia death and everything else. It's delivering. Yeah. And it's huge. This we're talking like uh, 20 years, 30 years. There's part of the conservative movement stuff that's 40 years, right? I mean, we're talking about, we don't have the decision on Roe yet. We kind of know what that's going to be, but you know, it's out there. It's the Dobbs decision, as they say. But one came down this week, which unless you were watching Fox, you probably didn't even know it. Uh, the Supreme Court struck down a state law in Maine that restricted uh, taxpayer-funded tuition for children attending re- religious schools. Did you guys see this? Yes, I did. No. I absolutely did. It's it was, a huge win. It was a 6-3 decision authored by Roberts, and this had to do with Maine's quote-unquote non-sectarian My goodness. requirement for its otherwise generally available tuition assistant payments, and they said it violates the free exercise clause of the First Amendment's no shit. Yeah. So, so basically what this is in, in plain English is... That Maine, in 1981, I believe it was, passed a law because there was a bunch of areas in Maine, rural areas. Yeah, think northern Maine towards the the Canada border. Right. I mean, these are like unincorporated areas. That didn't have public schools, essentially. And so these people who paid state taxes, they didn't have public schools and they didn't have any way of actually accessing education. So they used the tax dollars that were allocated to the kids... Oh, it sounds a little bit. Sounds like, crazy. Sounds a little bit like school choice. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> they used those tax dollars. Are you saying that those tax dollars followed the student? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh what is that? To the school of their choice? Oh, my God. Oh, Maybe one so locally weird. that teaches good curriculum? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. And, and, and the parents are empowered with the tax dollars that they pay to the government? Oh, my God. And and so the thing is, so when this came down, I dunked like two-handed, full Jordan jammed on this guy, Wajahat Ali, who's uh, a columnist for the Daily Beast. (laughs) And and his take was private Islamic schools and Jewish schools should open up all over Maine. The state has to fund you now, so take advantage of it. Move your communities there as well. Let's see what the Supreme Court says. Well, this is essentially libs in a nutshell yeah it's he so great. didn't read the case if he would have actually read it and i pointed it out uh there was an amicus as as ashbrook is a fan of there was an amicus submitted by <laughs> islamic schools the council of islamic schools in north america and jewish schools the national council of they young israel actually oh. Waited. Oh. imagine oh. like <laughs> sorry, such that's, that's, like <laughs> 
what a, a cell phone. What a cell phone. What it's a shame. D-bag. And, and the thing is that, yes, the vast majority of Americans support this, and our children deserve to have the best education available. But for the longest time, this was not allowed. This is such... Like, I can't, let me, I, I let me can't just describe cut to the, how let, big a victory this is. Let no. me cut to the quick on what this is, right? The, the case is, is Carson v. Macon. And what it was, was that the law actually precluded any, any school mm-hmm. with a religious affiliation from taking those tax dollars. Yeah. So this could be like the Harvard of Maine. It's right in the middle of the most impoverished area of all time. And they were precluded from taking students with this taxpayer money because of this non-sectarian rule, Yeah. right? So these kids were forced to go find substandard education because it was simply not religious. And you know what, like, education, public education is today? Like, I made a point of that is... Well, they couldn't even find yeah, public you're education. Right, you're right. Democrats, Democrats fundamentally have a very, very... Let me just try to explain this. They have a very, very difficult time with the concept of separation of Soros and state. (laughs) (laughs) What I mean by that is George Soros has bought and paid for the Democrat Party. Yes, he has. And they think, therefore, he should get the government. All those prosecutors. Nobody in America agrees with that. All those left-wing dark money groups, the reason that, like, Chesa, I mean, it got so bad. I mean, I, I, I think folks should give a second and think about this. It got so bad with these left-wing dark money groups that soros funded that chesa put into action that san francisco voters were like dude (laughs) all right dude (laughs) i think that's a bit much if a san francisco voter is like this is too much i mean that's the playbook that they have for america but this is this is separation of soros and state (laughs) yes most importantly though in terms of what the supreme court did here this is 30 years in the making yeah for 30 years, yeah. there has not been precedent on discriminating against an institution based on its faith. I can't imagine there is anything more un-American than that principle in and of itself. They struck that shit down. That is an incredibly huge oh, win. God bless America. It God really bless is. America. I, I can't like... The amount of gratitude I have because... Totally. Like, especially if you're considering in the next couple of years, if you already have kids, if you're thinking about having kids, like... It's terrifying to me, especially day to day, you look at the news of what public schools have become. Like the left has has completely capitalized on them. They're indoctrination camps. So like, dude, I want to find the most like based right wing religious place that will actually focus on teaching a kid. This is how math works. And this math, is the English and language. A, and it's Imagine just, that. This this is going to change lives, dude. I mean, it is. There are it is. for a lot of kids, the best place to get an education is going to be the Catholic school up the street. Yep. You know, not their public school. And I just hope, hope, pray that more states, you know, now that we have this decision, if they pass school choice, you know, bills, you know, kids can 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 use those at, at you know Catholic schools or whatever. Closing point. I'm not sure that this case comes to fruition if not for COVID. I'm not sure that any of us would be aware of the dire situation our children are in, except for the fact that we had to watch them suffer under the programmatic mistakes that the teachers unions and school districts make around this country. Now it's on the front of the burner. Now we're all aware. The Supreme Court has spoken on this. 
roll tide. Let's make this. Yeah, it, let's that's make the thing this is happen. Like, Zoom, Zoom just made aware what the hell was actually happening. Yeah, that is a very, very good point. I know you you identified that as your closing point, but let me just say one more thing. This 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 would not have happened if it wasn't for Mitch McConnell. The, yeah, the court. You're gonna show for Mitch. Is that, is, that's exactly, dude. That's is, exactly what I'm going to do because this court would not have the shape it's in if it wasn't for him. We would have another Democrat on the court. We would have another like this. This court fundamentally changed because of the courage of one man, and he was he withstood so much hate from the left, from the right. You're telling from me everybody. it would not be a better situation to have Merrick Garland on the Supreme Court. <laughs> Exactly. What, that's exactly what I'm telling you. This this fucking left wing radical, Merrick Garland, maybe he should have been on Supreme Court. And, yeah, and he, he probably would have come down for religious liberty, right? Fucking guy, Merrick Garland. <laughs> and the point I'm making is that there are very few people in American society who are willing to to sustain that much criticism for the sake of what's right. Yeah, I want over to say, the long term, and, and I, we're not done yet. Wait I, till next week. Well, those are some great points. Honestly, let's just uh, get to that interview. Yeah. Okay, this is Bill Heisenga. I want to welcome to the program a good friend of the program. Uh, I don't think I've seen you since we did the live event in the Capitol, yeah, but yeah. we followed what you're up to. Congressman Bill Heisenga from Michigan. How are you, sir? We're doing very, very well, and I, I just have to start off. You mentioned the uh, program at uh, the Capitol. The most impressive part of that entire show was having you, Duncan, and Smug on stage, and there wasn't one single utterance of a curse word. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I kept waiting. You know, how is how is McCarthy going to handle this? What's Elise Stefanik going to do? But, I think Elise would be cool with it. Yeah, yeah. The rest of the crowd, I don't know. No, but every everybody's comms person would have been going no. <laughs> Did we really hold it together like yes, that? Yes, yes. It was it was impressive. I was ready with a like a clicker, a counter. You know, wow. like. So, well, I mean, look, we must have been a little bit more reserved back in those. There's no way that uh, happened. Well, again. there was there was no bourbon involved, oh, so right. that you know that might have right. that might have been. Perfect. I think that's probably responsible for most of it. <laughs> but you, sir, uh, have provided some alcoholic beverages here on, uh, to the program. Adult libations, yes, yes. I mean, this is this is incredible. So what you've brought us are local products, and one is called Dragon's Milk, uh, which. I, I mean, it's intimidating. Just start right there, right? <laughs> I mean, it's it it is. Well, yeah, I have to I have to back up. You know, Katie Pavlich being on the last episode set a very very high bar. Uh, like I said uh, as I was coming in, I have no extinct animal burgers to deliver. <laughs> um, <laughs> The, uh, you know, it, but you it fire did fire down an eagle and bring in an yeah, eagle yeah, breast or yeah. something. Here. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, flamingo. <laughs> uh, uh, it, uh, it, it did seem a little though. Um, I don't, I don't want to say common, but maybe expected that bourbon would be delivered. So I needed to bring some good West Michigan beer products. Uh, you know, Grand Rapids and and the surrounding area calls itself Beer City USA, Kalamazoo, okay. uh, which is home to Bells. And if anybody's out there yeah. drinking Oberon or Two Hearted. Uh, um, so uh, I didn't realize that that was just such a hub for beer 
Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and as a uh, as a brewer down in Florida once told me, because uh, I asked why their beer sucked uh, in Florida, <laughs> they, they said uh, it's the water. Yeah. Right. And so we are. Turns out you got some of that. Uh, we got we got a little of it. Now other parts of the country keep wanting to steal it, uh, but uh, no, that's that is part of it. Is uh, you know, we got we got good quality water, which is the which is the base of it, and then these guys do magic uh, and uh, Brent, magic that yeah. turns into moonshine i'm looking at this thing it's 17 percent abv and it's a like just so you know what i'm talking about here is a bottle of beer that is indistinguishable from any other bottle of beer that you could buy at a store but if you look at the small print this thing is 17 abv i mean wow. i basically handed you a bottle of wine yeah. not, not a bottle of beer right, <laughs> right. there right so, wow yeah so, so that's dragon's milk and then you got this other one uh here no rules yeah no rules is uh parent. parent yeah so the dragon's milk is by uh, new holland brewery uh, uh a, a friend of the program uh as well and and great guys perrin uh was uh was just recently sold but they're keeping all their uh their their west michigan uh good midwest character uh, about them and in the no rules vanilla uh vietnamese vanilla porter uh, is uh, is based off the Big Lebowski line, right? You know, no rules. Donnie, there is no rules. <laughs> it was Vietnam. There was no rules, and so these guys uh, sourced local Vietnamese. Uh, I guess it wouldn't be local. They sourced Vietnamese uh, right. vanilla that goes into this. Two beer magazines gave that a hundred points, and uh, so I mean, I can't uh, wait yeah. to try this. It's that looks good, fantastic. good, good stuff, and yeah, you'll well, enjoy. sir, you've made a a welcomed impression here. I, th- then the we're program. off to a good start. Then, <laughs> and, thank you, folks. Great to be with you. I'm out. <laughs> I love it. Well, listen, I mean, you're in the middle of a mess up in Congress, right? Because what? you've got just oh. a disaster everywhere. Yeah. This administration is is like mind blowing how bad they are. I mean, literally everything they touch turns to absolute shit. Like, where do you start? I know one of the things that you've been focused on is energy, yeah, gas prices. You've gotten locked in on a lot of that. Yeah. So the the committee I serve on is financial services, and I know you've had uh, a, a couple of folks. Uh, my uh, my best friend in Congress, Andy Barr. Uh, I do enjoy his product down uh, down in Kentucky, as I know you do. Yeah. Uh, as well. Yeah. Turns out. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, Mr. Lululemon himself, uh, Patrick <laughs> McHenry. Uh, with uh, that was that was very entertaining to all of us <laughs> listening to him and his running tights story I, I, with you know, the fox. I, I just have to give him credit for being forthcoming. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, it takes a bold man. He didn't uh, I mean, it's now whatever that. a definition of a man is these days, of course, but uh, he, he is a bold, bold man. And uh, yeah, he's willing to take a stand. And, right. And, uh, usually on a box. But uh, <laughs> so, You are good friends. <laughs> this is, this is yeah. fantastic. I, I, I just had my, I just had my uh, subcommittee chairmanship revoked. But, you know, other than that, yeah, we're better get good. some of this stuff close to the finish line. <laughs> yeah. <here. laughs> I should have I should have quit right after the beer and it really would have been pieced out. But. <laughs> now, uh, you know, the, the, the committee and the subcommittee that um, the ranking member uh, and had been the former chair of is uh, the uh, capital markets is the shorthand mm-hmm. for it. And we, we have oversight of the Securities and Exchange Commission. And and uh, it, it, it literally touches every publicly traded company in uh, in the United States. And that is energy companies. Uh, and um, you look at uh, what is happening with the inflation. And by the way, this was amazing. About a month ago, we had a hearing uh, that was entitled uh, Reasons for Inflation, 
corporate greed question mark and literally maxine waters and her four there's uh, a there's a winner right there uh i'll i'll keep moving along so (laughs) all right the uh uh but uh, maxine waters in her opening statement all of her witnesses literally said the only reason why we have uh, higher prices on anything is because of corporate greed i mean i just don't even know how to process that right i mean like the the level of incompetence and ignorance. And I don't even believe, they don't even believe this, right? I, you know, I sit there and honestly hope that they don't <laughs> because I can explain that. Look, you're doing it for it's political reasons. Politics, it's right? cynical politics. But if you really truly believe this, holy, yeah. I, wow. Here, here's an Econ 101 textbook. Totally. Right? I know. mean, I always tell people the last math class I, ca- I took was actually called math. <laughs> and I still am better than that. Yeah. That, that is incredible. <laughs> it, it's just, it, it defies the basic laws of economics. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, the worst case scenario is that they actually believe this because then that means as a true, as a true believer, you're never going to change when the political winds shift and, and the political winds have shifted, right? You know, there's, there's a whole lot of people that sit around the dinner uh, table and the kitchen table trying to balance their checkbook and when they had budgeted 150 or 200 bucks uh, a month for their gas so they could get back and forth to work and bring the kids to school and go to the grocery store and that is now three or four hundred dollars yeah it's just unattainable and then once you get once you get to the grocery store you're walking out with fewer groceries than you did uh, you know just a couple of months ago and um, you know, there's a, there is a sea change that's happening, but you know, this uh, I feel like I'm on a perpetual uh, apology tour for Jennifer Granholm, who is our former <laughs> governor uh, in Michigan and who I served with when I was in the state house. I don't think she gets it, Bill. You know, I'm 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 beginning to believe you're right. <laughs> Just beginning to believe you're right. And, and it, it, it's you sit there and kind of go. Uh, really? So you got John Kerry on one coast talking about how, oh, hell no, we're not going to do any more drilling, any more digging, any more energy exploration. And then you've got uh, you know, Granholm and the Biden administration, on the other hand, uh, uh, you know, trying to defend, well, it just these guys just need to produce more. And oh, by the way, they shouldn't charge anymore. But they actually don't stop talking about that first piece, which is the yeah. most amazing part, right? It's like, yeah. no, we actually do want to eliminate fossil fuels. I can't figure out why they're not refining more oil. Yeah. Like, as if every person is the dumbest human being in the world, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, you're like, wait, Oh, I don't know. I can't. It's too confusing. I yeah, can't figure it out. Exactly. Exactly. What? How do you do that? Right. You know, as I as I've uh, taught my kids, uh, if it wasn't for a double standard, many people would have no standards at all. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's right. uh, it, it's exactly uh, where this administration. So, but tell is. tell me how the SEC loops into this. Well, literally, because they're every uh, publicly traded company uh, is regulated by the SEC. By the way, I had one of my colleagues uh, last uh, year. Uh, utter into a mic. By the way, it's amazing what people actually say into a live microphone, uh, as apparently as we're doing today. But uh, no, but in a hearing, it's in and, the house, and, Bill. Anything, yeah. it's like you speak of no rules. That, yeah, that's exactly. basically what it <laughs> exactly. is. Exactly, it makes me want to crack one of those <laughs> uh, half the time. Um, but uh, you know, I had one of my colleagues uh, who who she said that. Well, I think if a private company becomes too big or too important we should force them to become publicly traded so we can regulate them with the sec <laughs> this is this is the mentality that uh, that these that these folks have right government knows best 
And and Gary Ginsler, frankly, is powering right on through with that, yeah. uh, and many of the other commissioners, or at least the Dem commissioners on this. And uh, and how this all loops back in is the the notion of materiality, meaning okay, as a publicly traded company, you have to you have to make certain declarations of future liabilities. For example, uh, you have to you have to look at what your impacts are that would uh, that would cause an investor to maybe alter their investing decision or strategy mm-hmm. on this, right? So it, that's why how it touches every publicly traded company. You are a big oil company, Exxon, Mobil, whatever, uh, whatever it might be. Guess what? Uh, climate is a very material issue that you need to be talking about. What's happening with Ginsler saying that um, every uh, every publicly traded company now has to report not only it's what Scope One is what they call it. Scope One is what we directly deal with mm-hmm. uh, or produce as a company, but there's Scope Two and now Scope Three, which means you can have a supplier to a publicly traded company that has to disclose what the supplier's footprint is. And that's uh, uh, the the environmental footprint. So here's, I'm, I'm home to in the second district. So it's in, basically a backdoor way of, of totally getting all climate change. I mean, you take, this is what these guys are really good at, yeah. right? And they do a ton of it through the SEC, both on a, like an activist side and just, you know, the regulatory side is that they basically use business and, and commerce in this country as the cudgel to enforce their agenda when they can't get it done. Correct. Right? Yep. And particularly when the politics get to be where they're at. Yeah. If you're like 30, 35% in the polls, boy, they get real active. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, and, and it's, you know, they're flooding the zone with this. And I was just reading on the way over here uh, the letter that uh, the Farm Bureau and a number of other uh, ag-producing uh, associations have put out about this scope three. So the uh, second district in Michigan is kind of interesting. We're along the West Coast. I'm For those of you listening, I'm holding up my right hand. And uh, yeah, Detroit's just <laughs> oh, yeah. at the base of your thumb. Uh, uh, Grand Rapids is kind of mid-palm. And I've got everything west of Grand Rapids and uh, run along that lakeshore. And I'm home to a Heinz pickle plant. I'm home to Gerber baby food. Uh, so I, I know you guys have yeah, had a little experience. Well, yeah, I mean, geez, it's not been great for baby food here lately. Well, at least not not some forms yeah. of it. Uh, but I've got egg producers, turkey processing. I've got a Tyson uh, wow, uh, meat plant. Wow, that's a lot. And uh, so we're a manufacturing base also. We're lots of tier one, tier two, tier three automotive. Uh, I'm home to the three largest office furniture makers in the world. And for any of my office furniture friends in West Michigan, they needed desperate upgrade in their, uh, <laughs> in their office furniture hey, out Zanger here. Zanger so. comes in here and starts hey, taking shots at the roof hey, hey, I'm just I'm trying to I'm trying to sell up this I'm is, trying incre- to sell this my is incredible so Hayworth Corporation good conservatives <laughs> by the way uh, uh, Hayworth can outfit you very nicely but 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 point being is we're also an ag uh, uh, district and you've got independent farmers that supply peas and carrots and and you know uh, whatever else into Gerber baby food or these independent farmers that supply the the cucumbers that become Heinz pickles mm-hmm. um, you know the same thing with the egg producers and the uh, and the and the turkey processors and now with this so you're a publicly traded company Nestle which right. owns Gerber you now have to go to your suppliers and say um, we need your carbon footprint as you are going out and planting our which organic is just peas. wild right yeah it also it basically eliminates any sort of small operation from totally. being a part of the process right which because I mean, you need like an environmental impact study and, yeah 
18 people running around checking your soil every five minutes. Yeah, and, and what that does is it squeezes out the actual small producer. Yeah, and whether it's ag or whether it's manufacturing, because uh, you know, that's the other thing is you know we we've got uh, a, a tremendous amount of uh, automotive suppliers that uh, then sell. Everything from lighted visors uh, and 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 self dimming mirrors to interiors, you know, lots of plastic injection molding that goes on. Uh, so they now have to go and report to the GMs and Fords of the world what their footprint is. Well, th- these guys are looking around, going, uh, you know, we have like half of a lawyer on uh, <laughs> on, on, on right. staff because the the you know they're also our HR person or they're also yeah. doing something else. Well, now you've got to have this entire department that is going to be doing this so it's, it's, now he's it's, out with beakers in the backyard yeah and and, and so now <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna literally drive them out which i think is part of their actual goal oh it totally is yeah there's no question about it i gotta ask you about one thing because it's yeah. on my mind uh and i don't even know if you have fully formulated thoughts about it but it happened this morning and that the fda took jewel yeah off of or it looks like it could eliminate the product altogether yeah they rejected their uh and this comes after, you know, the nicotine and half thing, the menthol thing, I, this whole mommy state situation. Yeah. I, it, it's as if they have no grasp on how marketplaces work. Yeah. Right. I mean. Or individual decision making. Right. right. I mean, I mean, this is Bloomberg in, Mich- in, in New York banning, you know, soft, soft drinks, drinks of yeah. a certain size. Okay. Yeah. Well, so is it fewer calories if it's 12 ounces than it is if it's 24 you know, and, and I get it that, you know, it's not healthy. Is it, uh, I mean, it's the role of government, point, you know? Like, exactly. It's like, the, that's the question. And the thing that gets me is I don't understand what these guys don't understand about the crime implications of all of this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because for 20 years, we haven't created any new smokers. We haven't. The people who have fought through and still smoke, yeah. they're Smug. committed. Yeah. <laughs> right? Smug's yeah. a committed man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you brought him up. Uh, no, uh, the, uh, <laughs> but no, they, but you're right. Here's an adult making a decision. Yeah. Right. And so uh, this this uh, this government knows best mentality is is amazing to me. And uh, you know, I'm all for disclosure of information. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I don't think anybody would agree that hey, you know, if, if we're sneaking one past here. Uh, and you certainly cannot look at the back of a label of anything these days and say, okay, I didn't know this was fattening, right? right. Uh, right. And maybe right. I should read a few more labels. But, you know, it, it's it, it, it just, it's this mentality that they have that government knows best and you, common citizen, are way too common. We'll yeah. ignore the citizen part. And uh, we're just going to ma- start making decisions for you, whether it's in your investments, whether it's in your eating habits, whether it's in your driving habits, um, uh, you know, and we know best. So here you go. Here's, uh, here's your option, A or B. Well, maybe I want C, D, and E. Well, that's not, an, uh, that's, that's not available. Just incredible. The last thing I'll ask you professionally before we get into our questions, you know, what are these the ESG standards? What are they? Yeah. So yeah. you got it. This has to be a big concern of yours, right? I mean, huge. ESG standards, it's basically, again, to what we were talking about, it, 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 these are the requirements that public companies yeah. have to somehow adhere to in order to transact businesses with other organizations, right? And this is becoming, I think, a bigger and bigger. We heard Elon Musk talk about it with Tesla. We heard this become you know, a bigger and bigger issue 
feels to me like this is kind of the non-governmental way in which the progressives are, are actually using all power possible to implement their agenda. Yeah. And they, they look, they hear the footsteps behind them uh, of what this this election is going to be in November. And, and in the case of uh, Myra Flores and a number of others. Yeah, they're, they're coming they're, soon. They're high heels right. uh, that, that they're hearing behind them coming after them. Uh, and so they're jamming as much as they can into the rulemaking process, which is why you see shortened up comment period times. You know, uh, you know, in the in the environmental, social, and governance movement and push, which uh, way too many former conservative organizations are, have fully embraced. Totally now, agree. Who would have fought against this? Yeah. Even just five years ago, or ten, certainly yeah. ten years ago, um, uh, they uh, they're going to have a, a huge problem because there is no end to this, right? It's also subjective as hell. Yes. Yeah. Social. You know, the middle one yeah. there. Like, even if we could agree on an E, which we can't, the S, there's... Yeah, even, what is that? Well, what it, is that? And you've got... That's where you have this push to have... Well, you have to have a certain uh, number of, of these types of people on your board of directors. Well, I'm sorry. What if I don't have... You know, the gay doctor who's going to be able to go in and figure out what the medical uh, implant uh, is, right? It's or, just wild that that even comes into the conversation. Yeah. I mean, it's a business that's trying to do business. Yeah. And, and guess what? It shouldn't be material. It shouldn't be relevant. It ought to be who's the best person for this, regardless right. of their skin color, regardless of, uh, of, of what their religious belief is. Are they the right person that's going to help your company make a decision? Uh, and, and absolutely, you see this... Uh, this uh, and it's rightfully so um for way too long you saw women excluded from a lot of those board decisions and they 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 uh, i mean you'd my be wife's an, okay you'd, with you'd this you'd be an idiot if you did that now right yeah. i mean it's just like that's just the marketplace it's yeah. it's just a dumb thing and the marketplace can take care of that right but they you know again when you when you fully believe in the uh, dominance of government you you have wild. to do it yourself it's wild stuff well i hope god willing when you get into the majority we can help sort of turn this back and, and do the kind of, you had your staff kicking the table yeah. down here, Bill. <laughs> Let's see how we let anybody in I here, know, huh? I guess so. Man, I've got, I, I, I do have to give out one shout. Uh, my, my son Garrett is here, and he was the one that turned me on to uh, to Ruthless uh, right at the very beginning. So he, he, he has dragged me uh, very willingly so into the Minion crowd. And uh, so I love I it. Love the, I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for doing it. Uh, listen, I got three questions for you. Yeah. Okay. You are there three questions? I've never heard that. There's yeah, I never. Yeah. <clears throat> these are these are brand new, so we may come up with something different here. Okay. You never know. <laughs> uh, your last meal on earth, you can plan it. What is it? So uh, I've been mocked uh, within the office for this because I have put way too much thought uh, into. I, if it's anything like Matt Foldy, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you ever. It, we had Foldy on, and he gave us an answer that, frankly, like I, I wanted to walk, turn the mic off, and walk out. It was so bad. <laughs> so I, I'm, I can't wait to hear what I got. So, here. so there's, uh, you, you know, and you can do the sop towards all the, uh, you know, the local products, and you know, the squirrel, whatever, from your down south. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do that. That's what we call an inauthentic answer. Yeah. Uh, well, so uh, with in addition to the two beers, which I do personally enjoy, that are sitting in front of you. Um, this is a gout be damned, cholesterol be damned. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm not waking up tomorrow. So it's going to be app soup 
salad, main course, and dessert, maybe two. And you know, we're Ready? gonna top it off. So uh, my my appetizer, I gotta go with shrimp cocktail. It just that's that's uh, you know that just it's is a it. five iron down the middle yeah. of the fairway. Yeah, so that's far, right. I that's good right. About that's it. right. Okay, so my soup is a French onion soup. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's uh, I, I, I'm a connoisseur of those. Uh, my salad, I, I'm gonna go with a Caesar salad. Okay, and this time, anchovies or no? Uh, no anchovies, okay. but I'm gonna add the croutons. I usually eat gluten free, and you know, again, gluten free is right out the out okay. the door yeah. too. And I'm gonna have probably three dinner rolls right yeah, along with last that. meal. Uh, then uh, I gotta go surf and turf. Oh yeah, yeah, gotta do surf yep. and turf. You know. The biggest steak because that's going to take the longest uh, to eat, right? And uh, and a lobster tail, and, and while we're at it, we might as well throw in some crab <laughs> on top. Um, that my dessert. This is where this I is so good. Uh, this is where well <laughs> thought through. <laughs> this is this is how I dream at night, right? <laughs> uh, you know, dessert. It's uh, it's it's a little bit of a toss up. I'm a huge creme brulee fan, yeah. Uh, but I, I feel like I probably got to have some chocolate, so like a you know, like a chocolate lava cake. Yeah, uh, I mean it's more too, right? Yeah. I mean you can kind of whip through a creme brulee. Yeah, you wanna... yeah. And you know the other toss up though would be a uh, anything with a graham cracker crust uh, that uh, I you like um, a key lime or something? Yeah, like that? a key lime. I, I I really like coconut cream. Oh sure, uh, okay. coconut cream. Okay, and, that's a little uh, disgusting. But other than that, uh, I, I, I <laughs> <laughs> you were with me till dessert. There. Okay, it was the third option, right? You know, for for my dessert. And all of this, of course, going to get washed down uh, with uh, with the most expensive red wine that I can possibly find and afford. But Camus would 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 do that just nicely. Perfect. I I so that has sort of been. You almost had my last meal to a tea except for the coconut thing <laughs> uh but but uh sounds I, like i owe you dinner when right? iso was on uh he actually put a name on the wine that he was and i was just sort of blown away i yeah. was like all right in yeah. case anybody was wondering if we're elitist now it's yeah. uh now we've <laughs> for eliminated us, for us mere mortals uh yes yeah, so we, we don't want to have to remortgage the house for the bottle of wine <laughs> yeah, so. right he was willing to put a number on it yeah. uh, all right so question number two yeah never got into this line of work blue sky you got tons of time yeah. What do you do with it? Well, and like most politicians, I have two answers. Uh, one is the unrealistic Ted Cruz, you know, blue NBA. sky, NBA. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I would have been a linebacker for the Lions. Uh, uh, I, for I, the Lions. That's a tough game. Well, hey, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a low bar to, for entry. Uh, but then <laughs> I would have still be able to play out. linebacker yeah. for oh, the Lions. Oh, ouch. <laughs> ouch. Damn it. They're turning it around. <laughs> they're turning it around. Restore the roar. This is going to be our year. I swear. I swear. I just you know, Stafford so was the problem. Everybody knew that Stafford was the problem. Oh, wait yeah, a minute. He was, oh, was definitely holding you back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No question yeah. about it. I really, I really Not having the same coach two years in a row is a bit of a, you know, a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, but a, you've, you've, had, you've picked some, yeah. some really good ones. So, but I would have been football, but uh, it, the the real question is, is real estate. Real estate and developing, construction, families and construction. I, I just, I love looking at a piece of property and solving and envisioning and seeing what it could become and what's what's the potential. Building and stuff. It? Oh, I love it. Yeah. No, that love makes it. sense. That makes a lot of sense. I will say before we depart this, Anybody's been on board with the Lions all the way through, right? And it just keeps going up that I really appreciate. Because there's not a franchise really in professional sports 
that has had that tough a run. I mean, it has been, it has been like when you took All like right, five straight wide receiver no rules. <laughs> <laughs> when you took well, like five just, straight wide receivers yeah. in the two thousand. I mean, if we just had some decent players, like you know, you know, I wish Barry Sanders would have actually yeah, developed, right. uh, you know, a Megatron, <laughs> uh, Herman Moore, Stafford, Herman, yeah. it's uh, you know, you know, Chris Spielman, it just. <laughs> And Jerry Ball, I mean, the, the list goes on and on, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it is a well, you're a good man to I'm stick still, with it, loyal, yeah, loyal yeah, to the end. Yeah. All right, so your final question, you know yeah. what's coming? Yep. Thrill of victory, agony, of defeat. agony of defeat. That's not surprising. I, I me just, at all. it's uh, it, I I have to battle my uh, my my better angels on my one shoulder. Have to battle the little devil angels on the other shoulder. I, I hate to lose. I try to be nice about it. I've tried to teach my kids to be gracious and to be godly and to be charitable and all those things, but I hate it. Yeah. I, it's yeah. like, and, and, and I, I, it took me a while to figure this out. I could never figure out why I wasn't as excited about my wins as everybody else was. <laughs> and because I was kind of like, okay, check, let's yeah. go. What's next? And, I, I've uh, avoided humiliation. Now it, we go yes, on. Yeah, I can, I can, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we're back to the Lions fan. Okay, here we go. It's, uh, that's just awesome totally true i mean yeah that that basically describes the agony of defeat guy to a t yep all right so bill uh you got a campaign as long as every as as well as everybody else if they want to help you out where do they go yeah heisinga for congress.com spelled just like it sounds uh okay i had a full (laughs) no no no. i had a full i'm glad you i had a full bit that i was going to open up with with just like interviewing you as though you were wayne heisinga let's let's go with it i love that and and like waiting to how long it's like hey i'm I'm not actually wayne yeah yeah no i'm i'm on on um on a a much poorer branch of the family tree uh yeah back there so it's h-u-i-z-e-n-g-a uh for f-o-r congress.com um and uh follow me on on twitter i still uh, i haven't been banned yet by the way i was with seth dylan earlier this oh yeah nice Yeah, big fan of yours. And we were talking about I'm on a big tax, big tech task force uh, looking at what we're going to do with Section 230 and some of those other things. But, um, you know, so I haven't been banned on Twitter as of yet. But so it's Bill Heisinga uh, or Rep Heisinga on on the official side. And uh, but, uh, yeah, we're uh, we're we've got about 75 percent of the district is brand new because of redistricting in Michigan. And we had a nonpartisan redistricting commission, by the way. I'm using air quotes around that for those of you listening, because I think that's a legal requirement. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, uh, we avoided a very, uh, very protracted, very expensive primary. Um, and, uh, we're moving ahead to, uh, to November, but, uh, yeah, we got some real challenges ahead, but I'm looking forward to getting back into the, well, memory. we're looking forward to having you in the middle of it for all those challenges. Next time you're here, we'll talk about the tech side too. Excellent. Sounds good. Thanks for coming in. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. We'll see you guys. What a great guy, Bill Heisenga, not to be confused with Wayne Heisinger. <laughs> Wait, there's no relation to the like uh, blockbuster video owner in uh, Miami Dolphins? I don't think so. I don't think so. The Zoomers who are listening to this have no idea who they're like, is. football team? <laughs> video <laughs> rental store? Never heard of them. Man, what a whale of a guy. This guy may have been one of our better interviews. Yeah. yeah great it guy. was really great to have him in studio and he brought this moonshine over. Which he did. Is and like and let me tell you, I think, I think our listeners it had know an impact. how good it was. <laughs> it had an impact. For sure. And honestly, folks, if I say so myself, absolute banger of an episode. Thank you so much, Rep. Bill Hazinga. Thank you so much to our dear listeners, and thank you so much to our folks who are showing up to our show in Minnesota next week. So until next time, minions, 
keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. Stay ruthless.